Really funny story that you mentioned the car thing. I had a funny experience with that too. I remember having yeah. a date at a dim sum place in Richmond. And oh. so we both got there separately and we started talking about cars. I don't know why. I was just saying like, I like manual cars, like the, the feel of it. And at some yeah. point she was just saying cars that she didn't like. And she was <laughs> saying that the Toyota suck, <laughs> the Camry suck. <laughs> but I had a freaking Camry. Because we would be talking and she would just be like bashing this Camry, saying how it's like an old person oh, car, like an uncle car. I'm just like, <laughs> oh my God. But she was into me. This was oh. actually like from her point of view, she was, she thought she was saying the right things. Cause at the same time, I used to have a Honda S2000, right? So it's like a sports car, oh. it's a manual car. So it was really fun to drive, but she didn't know I sold it. I moved to Calgary. I sold it. I came back to Vancouver and I, I didn't buy another sports car. So she wanted me to drive her afterwards. <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> after the conversation, after she bashed yeah, the after, car. Yeah, after the lunch date. So, so I literally, I was like, okay, yeah, sure. So she, <laughs> <laughs> she shut up so fast and then I ended up dropping her off at the bus stop. <laughs> oh, what? Dang, David. Wow. That is that is an amazing story. Oh my god, I love that. I never talked to her again. <laughs> so going really back to cars, like Dave, you, you've had some nice cars in the past. Would you kind of be like, oh, I'll drive this car today? Like, make, you know, it's gonna, it's. Let's be honest, right? First impressions matter. So if you're if you're rolling up in a S two thousand as as opposed to like you know a Camry, nothing wrong with Camrys. They're they're reliable, you know. <laughs> A lot of families depend on that, you know, and your and your dogs and all that stuff. It's great, but you know, what what is it when you like when when girls get picked up by a guy with a nice car? Do they get excited because of the car, or do you think because it's a nice car that, that might mean that they have money? What is it about girls and cars? I can't speak on behalf of all girls because some girls may actually be car people and know their cars and have an interest in that, but other girls. For example, gold diggers, if they say they like cars, they only like expensive cars. Yeah. The only cars they know would be like. Benz, Lexus, Range right. Rover. If you ask them anything else, they're not gonna, <laughs> they're not gonna know anything about cars other right. than the price tag. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not a gold digger, but if I saw mm -hmm. a guy that was driving a nice car, I would get excited when he came to pick me up because yeah, that is the mindset. It's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with appreciating the finer things in life. That's fine. But I'm not dependent on that. Yeah. I don't base my future relationship with this guy based on what he's driving. That's where it's wrong. Mm -hmm. And right. I don't know if any other girls maybe have this kind of um, way of thinking. But for me personally, I kind of just have this like rule of thumb where I base it off if the guy's driving a car that's kind of on par to the car I'm driving just because, like, the car I'm driving, that's kind of based on where I am in terms of my position right. and how much I make, what I can afford, um, my style of the yeah. car. I'm not a car person, but it's kind of like that, and I don't know if that makes me sound like a horrible person. Like, what do you guys think about that when I say something like that? No, not not at all. I think that just goes to another topic of, like, you know, if you're meeting someone, if you're hoping to meet someone, you, your hope is to... That you guys on are, a level. yeah, on a you know a similar level. It doesn't have to be one higher, one yeah. lower. But I think if the range is too big, yeah. it'll be pretty noticeable as well. Um, you know, for myself, I've I've been very fortunate. Uh, I've I've had a car since eighteen, so I feel very lucky for that. But I know not everyone has a car. But 
like, have you, have you dated a guy or have you gone on dates with guys that had no cars? Like, I guess way back in the day, like, have you had that experience Wendy, or not? No, I haven't. No. Right. Yeah. Cause it's just like, you know, going back, well, I'm, I'm in logistics now, but I'm just saying like logistics matter. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like no Uber back then. Like you're not gonna, you're not gonna ask your parents to drop, pick, pick up your date or whatever. Right. So these things definitely do matter for that. But what, what about you, Dave? Like what, what were some of the impressions you got when you rolled up in some of your nice, what, what were some of your cars? Tell the audience what, what cars you had. I've only had the nicer one was the NSX. Like a right. generation mm-hmm. one NSX, That's a one. like super yeah. low. It looks really nice. But so for the two sports cars I had, the S2000 and NSX, most of the times girls didn't even know what they were. Exactly. They don't <laughs> know how to appreciate that. They don't. Yeah. It's like a Honda Acura. They, they can see that it's kind of special, but they don't know <laughs> much about it. So it didn't, I would say it didn't make that much of a difference. Half the time, I feel like girls are very specific into what they like. So right. my first girlfriend, when I had S2000, she really liked it. Another girl hated it because when I go convertible down, she hated that it messed her hair, messed her, messed her hair. All, all the makeup. <laughs> and it was loud. It was low to the ground. It wasn't comfortable getting in and out. So she hated it. The NSX... I think most girls were okay with it, but it was old too. Like it was from the nineties. So it wasn't, it was nice inside, but it wasn't like high tech. They didn't really know what to make of it. They thought it was kind of cool. And I wouldn't go on a first date with a sports car. Sometimes it's harder to talk if, if the engine is loud or if it's (laughs) worrying about getting scratches and, and parking. So I, I think I had better ex- first dates if I just drove a normal car, like a Toyota. I used to have a Legacy, a Subaru Legacy. I drive a Legacy right now, a newer yeah. Subaru Legacy. And those are probably more of the normal cars that I feel would be better for dates than, than a sports car. I don't think in the long term it made a difference in the dating, uh, yeah. in the trajectory as much as I would have thought when we're teenagers. Like, oh, if you have a nice car, you're going to get a nice girl, you know, all these magazine (laughs) tuner magazines import tuner whatever and i don't think that's the truth i think most girls a lot of them don't give a shit about what you drive as long as it kind of works yeah i do gotta say like i mean what wenny's point earlier was if the girl herself is driving a pretty decent car let's just say like a, a bmw for example right so i would say they would probably want someone on a similar level or above about that, what do you, is that true, Wendy, or what do you think? Let's say you drove a luxury car and they rolled up in like I don't know a Honda Civic or whatever, right? Like, was is that going to make a certain impression on you too, or like what's uh, what's what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think it depends on the girl too. Just because that guy drives a Honda Civic or whatnot doesn't mean he doesn't have a good job. It doesn't mean that he can't afford right. certain things. Maybe that's just his style, and he's just a simple guy. And just don't judge a book mm-hmm. by its cover at first, but. Of- but then again, it's understandable that people have their standards. But if you're going right. to be so nitpicky about, oh, I'm driving a Lexus and he's driving a Honda, then I think that does say something about you and what you prioritize mm-hmm. as a person. Right. Yeah. You'll be really surprised at what girls like. I've met girls who love cars that are not expensive. Like some of them will like the Acura MDX. Some girls will like, you know, like a Volkswagen Beetle. It's not universal. You know how guys really like cars that are flashy, fast, etc. I find girls a lot different in that regard. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the next part of what kind of things have you guys learned to pick up over the years? 
for so for me, if signs I picked up over the years that kind of point them out to being an F boy, I would say well, signs AK red flags, really. Red flags as in do not do not proceed, way. but we clearly do anyways. <laughs> do not <laughs> enter. Sounds a bit. I'm not the only one guilty. As a girl, I guess. When it comes to fuckboys, I don't know the exact origin. I mean, David, while I'm speaking, you can maybe look it up on Urban Dictionary what a fuckboy actually means. But I interpret <laughs> it as someone who fucks around with your feelings because that's just really what happens at the end. Um, so a first flag, I think that's pretty obvious. Is that They're very smooth. Guys, um, they're smooth at making you want them by saying things that they know you want to hear, but also not giving us what we want at the same time. So like, let's be real. We all like the chase. Girls like the chase. Not only guys do. The harder it is to get, the more we want it. That's just how messed up we are in the head sometimes. Buckboys just have that effect where they make the girl feel uncertain about the feelings towards them. And then maybe girls kind of find that mysterious in a way. I know I, I kind of enjoyed that mystery in the beginning. In the beginning, I did. But once right. I kind of entered that F-boy realm or experience, I found myself spiraling down this route where it's just endless mind games. So in the beginning, it's all fun and games. But at the end, someone gets hurt. It's inevitable. But that's number one red flag. They're just very smooth and they know what to say. Red flag number two, I would say, for based off my personal experiences, they would only do certain things with you, as in certain activities, but they would draw a fine line between just like for fun activities and then romantic activities. For example, uh, I remember, you know, in the summer, they would you would go catch sunsets, you would get takeout, you would do go for a pool day, all these cute kind of things. That's those are all activities that they would do with you or even invite you over to cook. Just very wholesome things like that. Fuckboys can be wholesome. They or they portray themselves to be wholesome. But um if you wanted something else, maybe like, oh, let's kind of travel locally to sp- spend a night together, maybe whatever, like Whistler, for example. Like, let's do that. Then it's just nope. It's completely crossing their boundaries all of a sudden. It's like from doing all these different things that you thought you guys had a special connection, you suggest this one thing and it's like, no, I don't want to do that with you. And that starts to kind of cause you to question, okay, well, like what's the reasoning behind that? And I know I had that question. I had no idea why he would want to do all these things with me that I thought were cute romantic things. But to them, it's actually Mm -hmm. not because all those things like, oh, catch a sunset, get takeout watch movies. Those are all wholesome things that a fuckboy would do with any other girl. It's not just you. That's what I had to realize. But in that, during that time, of course, I didn't know you give them the benefit of the doubt. You didn't think they're talking to other girls, but they are. Mm -hmm. And next thing you know, they're doing those same activities with another girl, but it still doesn't make them a bad guy because you guys aren't in a relationship. And that's the fuckboy effect. They make Mm -hmm. you feel special. They make you feel one way. And all of a sudden, you don't even know where you guys are and one minute, yeah, one minute you're special and one minute you're not. That's, that's just a major red flag for me. But the thing is when these red flags pop up during your experience, you don't really interpret them properly. You don't realize these things until the very end. How many like dates or how long do you think you have to be kind of going out and hanging out with this guy until you realize this guy's a fuck boy pretty much that's in your thing. eyes, Sometimes- in your skin. The unfortunate case is it's spiraling down to the point where 
you kind of know that they are, but you just, you don't stop yourself until at the very end, they just don't want you anymore and you don't have a choice but to stop talking to them. And that's, that's another red flag. Fuck boys only, they know you're willing to be available for them. So it's like, they don't want to take you particularly anywhere nice because they know they can just whatever, get in your pants, like any, anywhere they want, anytime they want. So why would they want to spend that extra time or money to make you happy? At the end of the day, you're just kind of there to make them happy for a short term. It's never going to, it's never going to evolve into relationship. And that's when you realize when they tell you, Hey, like, I don't see us going anywhere. And that's when you're like, wow. So I wasted all this time. It could be one month, two months, three months. For me, it was almost three months of that back and forth, all those mind games. But at the same time, we're still doing cute things. He's still taking me out to introduce me to his friends. This was all in the span of three months. And gotcha. those red flags, yeah. they're they're there. But I don't know. The way we process them while you're right. talking to the person, it's just not the same as you would look back in retrospect now. Yeah. Yeah, you would never say... Or you hear a girl say, yeah, I was seeing a fuckboy, and now we're dating, but he's still a fuckboy. <laughs> you, know, you just would never hear that. Yeah. I think, um, so one one common question that's always asked by a lot of guys, and, and you know, asked by female friends in the past, too, mm-hmm. is, like, you know, there's a lot of girls that have had experiences or they complain about, you know, fuckboys, but then they're also attracted to them, like you said. So, like, is it just the human nature of, like, the mystery, like the unknown, like what makes you attracted to them in the first place is also what ultimately makes you want to end it at the end with them as well. Is that the case for you? Yeah. I mean, sometimes, like I said, the things that attracted me to them, they were a kind of red flags. Like, Oh, they're very smooth. They're very mysterious. Right, right. But those are also the reasons that you kind of realize they're not good for you. Um, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're obviously we have two main labels uh, that that we're talking about for this episode. But like, what do you think? Like, just because someone's labeled a gold digger or you know a fuckboy in the past, like, does that automatically do you automatically rule them out as not boyfriend or girlfriend material in the future? What What do you guys think about that? Uh, I think I'm pretty sensitive to that <laughs> based on my experiences. <laughs> I'm pretty pessimistic because I've dated. Just girls that were pretty close to being gold diggers, I would say. Like, yeah. like when he said, I don't look like someone who has tons of cash anyways. So I, don't... <laughs> I did not say like that. You're, you're Dr. David Lowe. No, I, I don't think I attract gold diggers. So I feel like the, the girls that I said in this episode that were gold digger-like might just be the norm in Vancouver. Having that said, it is difficult to change someone from that perspective, they're used to a certain quality of life growing up and things handed to them on a silver platter or whatnot, then it is really difficult to have them change from that. For me, it's probably a no. I don't think I would try to change them or try to mold them into someone that's more compatible to me. You can't save them, nor do they want to be saved. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my perspective of this is, you know, it's obviously a label, um, but how how I kind of look at life is, I look at life in stages, right? So if I'm being completely honest and transparent, I, I definitely had my F-boy stage in the past. I've told you guys a few stories and T as well, if she's listening to this at this point. <laughs> yeah, I, like I, when he hasn't known me for that long, but Dave and I go back. But, you know, when I first started dating, like just all had girlfriends, girlfriends. And then I never experienced, you know, kind of the dating around stage. And then I guess 
there was a year I just kind of decided that I wanted to play the field or, you know, just explore what, whatever you want to call it. And a lot of the tendencies, so to give people some more context, like I was, I've been in sales now for about 10 years and, you know, there's a negative stereotype of people in sales that they're all smooth talkers. They just want to tell you what you want to hear and maybe true for certain times. When I was in that dating stage, fuckboy stage, whatever you want to call it, there was so many similarities, guys, with sales and and, and dating. I would say biggest thing is, is rejection because in sales, there's a lot of rejection. In dating, there's a lot of rejection as well, but it kind of like numbs you as well. I would say when I was in that stage, looking back now, I I can't say that I really you know approve of some of my behaviors at, at that point, right? But I was in a different stage in life. But I, I do remember telling girls straight up. So to kind of be opposite from you, Andy, like when I was in that stage, I would tell these girls, this is where I'm at. I don't mind going out with you, hang out with you, but I would kind of cut it off. I would like have like a three to four date limit, no matter how much I like the girl. I would just cut it off. And that was more for myself. So I think, I don't know if it's a fuckboy thing or a selfish thing. I just didn't want to put my emotions out there, right? So at that time, it's, it was just like, it was just protecting myself, right? And I think a lot of these things that we do, sometimes that hurts mm-hmm. people, is about protecting ourselves, but it's it's selfish, mm-hmm. right? But mm-hmm. in, in that zone, I, I definitely was a fuckboy for, for that period. So going back to this question, I do think think people can shed that label because, you know, people that have known me for a long time, I think they know deep down, that's not really me. Mm-hmm. I was in that stage. I had a lot of fun, learned, learned a lot of experiences, had a lot of hard lessons as well. Coming back to me, I don't regret that time. But at the end of the day, I told girls that I think they knew that, you know, I wanted something more serious and something with the future. I think that's what everyone wants for relationship. And yeah, so I, I feel that if you're in that stage, you can get out because I'm out of that stage, I think. So that's my experience. What about you, Wendy? What do you think about, can people shed that label? Well, I definitely agree with it can be a phase, even though some sometimes people don't grow out of their phases, nor do I think yes. my personal experience with, let's say this one person, I saw them as a fuckboy because of what happened between us, I'm sure their friends or close ones around them would not think any of the same things that I think about that person. You know what I mean? Like they would not see those traits that I see in them. And that's a fair statement. But for me personally, because of the patterns that I find fuck boys display and the red flags, they always just share like the same ones that I kind of see over and over again it's easy to kind of put them in that category and where I would never want to put them in a boyfriend category I don't have that much time okay I don't have time to be like okay I'll come I'll put you in this category I'll come back in five years and make sure you're in the boyfriend (laughs) category that's not really how it works here you know and I actually do think though I do believe that if they if the fuckboy meets someone that they do want to change for and do fall in love with, then yeah, that that's great. It works out for them. But until right. they come across that person, they're just going to treat all these other girls um, based on their selfish needs. And that's, yeah, that's an unfortunate yes. case. Everyone's just trying to protect themselves out there. But by doing right. that, you are going to be placed in this category because you're not considering yeah. the feelings of someone else. And you're just seeing short term, you're, you're still kind of keeping them on your side when you want them you only want to talk to them when you want to or at your own convenience and that is very selfish and that's yeah and i think the main difference 
between being in a non-existent relationship with the fuckboy and a real relationship um, with the actual boyfriend is consistency. Because with the F-boy, there's never going to be consistency right. because they simply don't know what they want themselves. I think that's the number one thing I kind of learned. Because usually they are younger, mm-hmm. and it's true. Mm-hmm. They don't know what they want in life. So if they don't know what they want, they won't know how to care about what you want as a girl, nor will they try to make their way into figuring it out when they're just trying to figure right. out what they want in life. Like, don't get me wrong. Fuck boys, they know how to treat you well in certain ways. They'll take you out. You guys will make great sure. memories. I'm, I'm sure when you yeah. had your phase, you probably made some great memories. And as a girl, I might not be able to replicate Absolutely. that yeah. with anyone else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, John, I'm sure you shared some great experiences, even when you're yeah. in your fuck boy phase, bringing these girls to dinner <laughs> dates, really good conversations yeah. even. But yeah. But the thing yeah. is, the end of the day, when you're with a fuckboy, the time they spend with you, it's only to satisfy their own wants and needs. I think you can kind of agree with that. It's to satisfy their own wants and needs. You're simply there to accompany them, and you're just temporarily yeah. sharing these moments with them. So, yeah, that's why mm-hmm. I just, now, looking back, I just think that mm-hmm. if I were to be back in the dating scene... I would right. just be very careful. And as soon as they see these red flags, I would just put them in that category and just kind of yeah. what that label comes with. Because I kind of learned it already. I, I already went through my one experience is yeah. more than enough. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's what I kind of mean by like life and stages, right? I think I'm in a committed relationship mm-hmm. now, but you know, she's, she's had her past and, you know, for dating a lot of stuff. And I think that's fine. I think guys and girls should have their dating mm-hmm. experiences uh, serious ones, you know, gold digger stages, fuckboy stages, whatever the case may be, because that will kind of like show you what you want to avoid, right? It'll, it'll bring you closer to knowing exactly, you know, what you want. It's not, it's not a checklist, but you'll have a better sense of what you want. And then you'll, you'll, you'll have no time for all exactly. the bullshit. You'll be able to filter yeah. it out right away. Nah, uh, yeah. I mean, going, I just wanted to say one more point, like going back to what you're talking about, you know, I look back at that stage and, you know, I agree a hundred percent. I was, I was very selfish in that period because I think I was coming from a place of, you know, I, I, I was in a very long relationship at that point uh, and came out of it. And, you know, if I'm being very honest with myself, it obviously it doesn't go away right away. Right. It, it takes some time. And I think some of the actions that, you know, I did during that period were trying to numb or like suppress certain mm-hmm. feelings about past mm-hmm. relationships. Right. But, you know, and then I got to a stage where I was over it and I just kind of had fun with it. But at the end of the day, looking back, I think if both people ag- agree to it, it's okay. But if you're misleading, you know, the girls or the guys, whatever this, you know, if it's your girls for guys or whatever the case may be like, that's wrong. Right. So as long as you're intentional and, and you know you tell them straight up if you just want something casual and both sides agree that oh, that's 100%. okay to me that's yeah, totally fine agreement but if a guy you're talking to like three four different girls and i tell people all this time like back back in those days <laughs> i could carry a conversation with like three people <laughs> but wow. Real, realistically <laughs> realistically oh, man, I don't do any, but like i think realistically two people Two people like talking, I would say daily, you know, texting or whatever, right? But it just, it, it gets too much because like, I, I okay, so I remember mm-hmm. back in that stage, uh, it would be very common for 
me to be talking to like, let's say two different girls at once. And I would go out with both of them oh, at the same God. time, yeah. not on the same, not on the same day, obviously, <laughs> but like one on Friday and like one on Saturday. And like, these are just very like, you're just going for dinners or whatever. Right. But you're, you're just kind of getting a feel for both. Right. But I feel eventually after three to four dates, like you can't, unless you want to have like two full-time girlfriends or whatever, like that's, that's not as good as it actually sounds. It'll eventually we. And I think in reality, what you're doing is actually not wrong because you're just, you're single, you're keeping your options open. You're kind of just dating around and that's fine. But I think it's the fact that maybe when you live in a smaller city, such as Vancouver, example, if someone sees you with whatever, Lisa on Friday and then, Mary on Saturday. Right. It's just it's gonna give you a certain look, you know, and that's what places you in that category. Yes. And yes. even yeah. though you're not necessarily yeah. doing anything wrong, it's gonna cause a lot of right ruckus. <laughs> so I think yeah, to close out I mean close out this topic about labels, like you know, I was in that stage and you know what I was putting out, where I was going, I guess, you know, what I was putting out into like social media, that was my life at that point. And you know, I thought that sent out a certain image. Like to me, I thought it was a, a certain image that I liked, but it obviously sends the wrong message to a lot of people. And yeah, I had, I definitely had some difficulties, you know, transitioning that label off of me when I was going back, because like I said, at the end of the day, you know, I, I wanted to find, you know, a, a special relationship, serious relationship again. So it was a struggle. You know, I had some of those doubts that you listed, like, Oh, this guy's, is this guy's just smooth talking or all, all that stuff. Right. So it's not impossible, but I, I put myself in a hole that I just had to like kind of dig myself out of. So it, it is possible. But the main thing was I had to like look at myself in the mirror. I'd be like, okay, John, like what I'm doing right now, this is like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> this is not me. I, I like, it was fun yeah. in the beginning, but it, it wasn't, I wasn't fulfilled mm. after, yeah. you know, what I'm trying to say like, uh, you can go to nice restaurants, go on trips, yeah. whatever, right? But it's like at the end, at the end like I don't want to say empty, but it, it just it just wasn't mm-hmm. doing it for me. So I knew that I was wasn't looking for that anymore. So you know, guys or girls that are in that stage, it's it's okay, but just just don't stay in that stage, obviously, and know that if you are in that stage, there are going to be certain labels, but you know, you you can break out of them eventually as well. So. I think that wraps up our episode two. Thanks for listening, guys. 